Well, Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. And this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And thank you so much for listening to me on this Labor Day weekend. I hope, hope you all are having a great weekend. I am broadcasting live from Amagansett, New York, way out there. It's it's even further than we were last week. It's closer to uh, London than any other uh, place <laughs> in uh, in New York. But uh, certainly, it's a great weekend here in the Hamptons, and I hope you're having a great weekend in New York. And all of you, all of you listening from Maine to Virginia and on the internet all over the world, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to have a great show for you tonight. I'm going to be talking about wrinkle filler, a different technique, the technique that. I, uh, a lot of people ask for me because of the way I do this uh, particular technique, and uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about male facelifts. Oh, boy, last week we just did not have a chance to get to it, so we're going to talk about that this week, hopefully. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a an ingredient that you might know and love that you might not know uh, it uh, has some toxicity. We'll talk about that tonight also. And uh, mostly I want to take your phone calls. I'm a plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to take those calls. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. 800-321-0710. If you do, give me a call. Ask me the questions that have been keeping you up at night and uh, maybe the ones uh, that you're going to ask the plastic surgeon this week or maybe you haven't made your appointment yet. You're not sure whether or not you should have one procedure or another. Well, give me a call. 800-321-0710. If you do have a, a question for me, we'll send you a bottle of Soft Time Moisturizer. That is the uh, I think it's the greatest moisturizer. Well, I, you know, I made it, I formulated it, and I uh, sell the product. And so, uh, why would I not say anything but that? But seriously, I formulated it to contain all the things that good moisturizers should have: things like eumectants, like ceramides, like phytosphingosine. That's that's a hard one to say. These are things that uh, make moisturizers an excellent moisturizer. And if you find the five or eight dollar ones in the uh, pharmacy, they will not have those things because uh, they're much too expensive ingredients. But ceramides, what do they do? Actually, uh, your skin is designed to keep bad things out, right? And the good things in. It's waterproof. It's a structural layer. It's what makes you look like you, right? And and the skin responds to all sorts of stresses and stresses like uh, pollutants in the air, psychological stresses, uh, different uh, different things uh, that you might do like alcohol and uh, cigarette smoke. 
and marijuana smoke. Those things all deteriorate the appearance of the skin, and so the things that make a difference in the skin, things like niacinamide, uh, that helps your skin, like vitamin C, vitamin A, those are the things that I have in my skin care, and my moisturizer has the uh, things called ceramides and other good ingredients, and none of the uh, toxins, none of the phthalates, none of the bad preservatives and things like that. So we're giving away bottles of that tonight. So uh, go ahead and give me a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. Who am I? If this is the very first time on this Labor Day weekend, you are listening to me. I've been uh, sitting in the studio, except uh, since COVID, we're not in the studio. Now we're out at remote locations. But I've been at WOR since 2005. Noah and I, on a very cold December evening, started this show. And it continues to this day and will continue through next year. And thank you, WOR. All right, so I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. I trained at Harvard, at Cornell, and at the University of Chicago. And I'm on the faculty of Columbia University School of Medicine and Rutgers University School of Medicine. And uh, I bring to you my expertise and my experience of over three decades of being a practicing plastic surgeon. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about all sorts of good things. But we have Margaret on the line first. Let's go ahead and take her phone call. Margaret, we're going to do for you. What is your wrinkle? Well, it's not really a wrinkle at all. It's about taking out my breast implants. But I had an idea, and I'm wondering why I haven't heard that it's being used. Um, What about taking out the liquid with a needle, siphoning it out, so that the only thing left inside would be the capsule, which is much uh, much less um, cumbersome to get out? Well, wait a minute. Let's let's back up a minute, Margaret. So how old are you? Um, I'm very old, 89. Are you? You sound younger, Margaret. So when did you have your breast implants put in? And for what reason? Well, Were they for cosmetic reasons I've had it done three times because they got very, very hard. And that's the reason I wanted to get them out now once and for all. Um, they told me that I produce a, an enormous amount of scar tissue, and that's why they harden so much. This one I've had done because I've had them taken out before. This one is something between 10 and 15 years is what I think. I have to look through my my papers. Okay, so these are saline implants then, right, uh, Margaret? They're saline. That means there's salt water in these cool, implants yeah, as opposed to gel? Yeah, it's not silicone, it's saline. Okay, so saline is salt water. So let me explain to uh, to listeners out there who are, are unaware of what breast implants are all about. Breast implants are all made of silicone. Every single implant in the United States now has silicone. It's an inert chemical. What does that mean? Your body really doesn't do too much to it. And uh, But is there truly an inert chemical? That's the question. Uh, you know, Does your body really disregard this, Eh, not so much as we're learning over time. Uh, It's relatively inert. So let's talk about that capsule for a minute that you said, Margaret, you have. A capsule is scar tissue uh, that is created around the implant. So let's back up even further. When a woman wants her breasts to be made larger, and we're talking for cosmetic reasons, the plastic surgeon will make an incision uh, somewhere on the breast, either under the breast, around the areola, which is the pigmented area, around the uh, nipple, or uh, or maybe uh, under the armpit or in the belly button. I don't approve of those two uh, locations for 
uh, technical reasons, but uh, but certainly the other locations are reasonable. And a pocket is made. And what is a pocket? It's just really a space. And the space could be underneath the breast or underneath the muscle. It's called the pectoralis muscle of the chest. Now, Margaret, where is yours? Is it over or under the muscle? I never knew. You I know? never asked. Maybe okay. it's on the papers I have, but I don't know right now. <laughs> Maybe. It, it, it will be. It would be on the, your operative note. Uh, which, by the way, only has to be kept in New York, uh, I think, I think three and a half years in New York. Um, does not have to be kept too long, unfortunately. I think the records should be kept, uh, certain records should be kept longer than that. But but uh, the uh, the operative note would, would give the location of the implant, the type of the implant, often the serial number of the implant. And uh, now there's uh, something called a breast implant registry. So if... Uh, if anyone has their augmentation done by a board-certified plastic surgeon, chances are very good that that sur surgeon will notify the registry, either by the American Society of Plastic Surgeons or by the uh, American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. There are two different registries. It doesn't matter which one uh, you are uh, placed in, uh, but that's a registry. It's where your information is kept so that should the doctor, should you need that information, and let's say you can't find that doctor 10 years from now, it will forever be in that registry. So I participate with uh, the registry, and most board-certified plastic surgeons also do. So anyway, let's say your implants are saline, and let's say uh, they're underneath the muscle. And you asked me, you know, why would you even consider having them removed right now? Are you having pain in your breasts? No, I'm not. They're just getting harder and harder, and that's why I had them changed okay. many years ago. They okay. were getting so you so have, hard. That's called a, yep, that's called a capsular contracture. That's the technical term for it. And, and as I said, when, when your body sees that silicone implant, whether it's a gel implant made of silicone gel or whether it's a saline implant, which is silicone rubber on the outside and salt water on the inside, your body sees it as foreign, just like uh, if you had a splinter in your finger, whether, whether it's a piece of glass or a piece of metal or a rose thorn, your body sees it as foreign, and it will try and encapsulate it. It will try and make scar all around that implant, just like it would if you got a splinter or a piece of shrapnel from a, a war. You know, if you're shot in the army, uh, your body will encapsulate it. It'll try and wall it off so that it doesn't affect your body. Now, in 80% of women, that scar tissue, that capsule, is fairly soft, and your breast implants feel fairly soft. But in about 20 or so percent, depending on the type of implant, depending on the surgeon, it's anywhere from 10 to 20% of people will get a hard capsule. And that means uh, when you feel your breasts, they don't feel as normal as you would like. Rather, they're a little bit hard. And sometimes that capsule actually gets deformed. It's so much scar tissue that it kind of changes the shape of your breast. And instead of being a nice shape like a, a breast should be, it might be oblong or, uh, or flattened or, or a funny shape. And that occurs in about 5% of people. And in about 2% of people, Margaret, that capsule is so thick that it can actually hurt. It presses on your ribs, presses on your uh, nerves. And, uh, you know, if you have a pain, certainly that capsule has to be removed. If you have deformity, you might want that capsule removed. And if you just have a hard capsule, maybe or maybe not. But the problem is, if we operate on breasts, you've had three operations because of capsules. Doesn't surprise me because there's a 50% chance of it happening a second time if you have it the first time. So 
you know, here you are at 89 years old, and, and that's wonderful. And you're kind of tired with, of your implants, and so you want the, uh, the implants out. If I were to just put a needle in and drain those implants, yes, it would collapse the, uh, the implant, and it would be in your body. And it's not a terrible thing. It can be done. Uh, if you don't want to go through surgery. Uh, I can't guarantee that you're not going to have uh, some hard scar that you can still feel because sometimes, this is very interesting, Margaret, sometimes the capsule is so intense that it calcifies. It actually has bone in it. No kidding. It really does. And, and if that's the case, you might not get relief just from taking out your implants. Um, but your plastic surgeon should be able to find that out for you. And you might need an MRI, and you might need a mammogram. But uh, you know, it's not unreasonable to go ahead and just, at age 89, accept what it looks like and just go ahead and puncture the implants in, in a controlled way. And that could be done in the doctor's office, in the plastic surgeon's office. And nowadays, a lot of plastic surgeons are using ultrasound in the office uh, you know, to find the implant and determine whether or not there's a really hard capsule, whether or not there's calcifications around the capsule. So that may answer your question. I hope it does, Margaret. Um, you've done a marvelous job of giving us uh, history and information, and I appreciate it. Um, but I really think they have to go. But um, So what would happen if you did drain it out with needles and then what about the capsule that's left inside? Then well, the do you capsule know? stays. Yeah, the capsule just stays in that situation. But you know what? Unless there's a problem with the capsule, it, uh, it doesn't have to be removed. So even if um, I'm removing breast implants uh, because of one reason or another or exchanging breast implants, I've got a couple coming up in the next few weeks where I'm taking out implants, uh, the capsule does not have to be removed the only situation where it would be removed is if you complained of pain uh, from, the, uh, from the implants that might be related to the capsule. Okay, that's a reason to remove the capsule. Or there's some argument to be made for women who have rheumatologic abnormalities like rheumatoid arthritis or, or diseases that they think are caused by the implants. This is a very, very... Um, very difficult topic, actually, to discuss in just a few minutes because it's a very complicated topic. But there is some literature now that says that sometimes women can get these complaints from having the implants, can get symptoms from the implants, and when the implants are removed, uh, the symptoms may go away. But if, there, if you're not complaining of any symptoms from the implants other than the capsule, and certainly the other instance, uh, the other problem with these breast implants is lymphoma, you would know that because one breast would swell up significantly, um, and then you'd go to the doctor and they would remove some of the fluid and test it for cells. Uh, that's a whole different situation. If that were the case, then just draining that implant is not an option. You simply want to go to the plastic surgeon, have the implants taken out, and have the complete capsules removed under those circumstances because that could be a cancer. But that's very rare. There are 788 cases of that type of cancer uh, in the world, to my knowledge, and uh, millions and millions and millions of women with these implants. Margaret, I hope I've helped you. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you'll get this problem taken care of. And, and remember, by the way, this is not a problem. I called it a problem. It's actually a nuisance, Margaret. You know what a, the difference between a nuisance is and a problem is? Thank you so very much. You've done a marvelous <laughs> You didn't answer the. All right. There is a difference. There's a difference between a problem is, uh, let's say, heaven forbid, you had a cancer. 
A nuisance is you have a hard capsule that's annoying to you. So there's a big, big difference. And those of uh, my listeners who have been through big, big problems know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the topics of male cosmetic surgery. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, maybe... New Jersey Magazine a little bit. I'm board certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years i want everyone to try my products so for a limited time i'm giving wor listeners 20 percent off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844 dr perry use the wor21 code for the discount to learn more listen every saturday evening at 6 p.m right here on W-O-R. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. We're broadcasting this evening from Amagansett. It's one of the Hamptons. It's a way out there in the Hamptons, almost near the end of the island, end of, uh, of the continent, really. Uh, but we, uh, we'd love to get back into the studio one of these days. Uh, WOR will open the studios up, and we'll uh, get back there with Noah. But for the time being, we're in these remote locations, and uh, we'll be back in New York City uh, next week, I believe. And uh, happy to take your phone calls from anywhere, 800-321-0710. And I did get an email just now. Where's Susan? Oh, my co-host for the last six months. Susan, not this evening, but she'll be back. So uh, you'll have to contend just with me and a little bit of Noah also. All right. So what are we going to talk about tonight? How about, uh, well, you know, I just got a notification that I'm going to be in the uh, the best doctors uh, in um, New Jersey list and New Jersey a monthly magazine. That's that's always good to know. You know, I've been in that. Uh, I guess this will be the fourth time: 2005, 2018, 2020, 22. You know, these these lists. There's New York Magazine and New Jersey Magazine and you know New York Metro area. The best doctors from uh, that book. You know, there's there's a lot of these these different best doctor books. And uh, you know, what's the story with those? I've talked about it on the show. Uh, before it's you know it's good to be on the lists but uh, do they really mean that you're the best doctor you know thank you for uh, including me on these lists but I know some doctors on these lists that there's no way I would go to and then I know so many doctors that are spectacular doctors at great medical centers that don't make those lists because there's a lot of popularity contests involved in this you know they ask your colleagues to vote for you. And, and that's nice if you have a lot of friends, but if you don't have a lot of friends, if you're just a great pr- plastic surgeon, you don't make the list. Is that fair? Well, that's life, right? But take it with a grain of salt. But I suppose I'm always happy to be happier to be on the list than not be on the list. All right, filler. Let's talk about filler for a few minutes. Wrinkle filler is uh, how it was started. You know, I'm going to tell you the story of wrinkle filler. 19... 
1982, a uh, plastic surgeon from San Francisco invented collagen. Uh, he didn't invent it, and you know, it's in your body forever, but he took collagen from cows, from the skin of cows, and purified it, and then injected it into wrinkles. And boy, was that a revolutionary technique. Uh, but the problem with collagen, and that's all we had until 2003, collagen went away very quickly. And collagen is a complex protein, and a lot of people developed allergic reactions to it. In fact, if you had collagen injection injected, you needed not just one, but two skin tests to determine whether or not you're allergic to it. And a lot of people were. And a lot of people who got collagen injections developed allergies. So each time you got collagen, you were supposed to get a skin test first. And some women got collagen every month because it didn't hang around for too long. Uh, you know, and, and when those women, the ones that got it monthly, got into the many years of collagen, some of them developed rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, lupus, and other diseases like that. And that's real because uh, the collagen in the cow, your body got confused and it thought, well, maybe that's like uh, collagen that we should be attacking and your body digests that collagen and starts attacking your own collagen and those are the diseases called the collagen vascular diseases, rheumatologic diseases. And that's why collagen was not a particularly good sub uh, substance to inject. And I never liked injecting it. Uh, and I was so happy when hyaluronic acid, the first one was Restylane, came in in the year 2003. And when that came in, it absolutely revolutionized my practice. And it revolutionized plastic surgery in general because now we had something that was good, that your body did not see as foreign, your body did not attack. And we can inject it with little tiny needles into wrinkles. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. And so... When I started doing Restylane, that was the very first one in 2003, my practice changed dramatically. Um, I love to operate. I love to do facelifts. I love to do eyelid lifts and rhinoplasties. I love to do things like tummy tucks and, and breast augmentations and lifts and uh, reductions. And those are the procedures that I do a lot of. Uh, but I found that so many women could absolutely benefit from having, and some men too, absolutely benefit from having their wrinkles filled. And the, the repertoire of uh, the collagen, uh, rather the uh, Restylane of the hyaluronic acid, then expanded. So not just wrinkles, but all sorts of uh, indications. So now when I do fillers, and I do them every single day, and I do them myself. Sometimes you go to a plastic surgeon's office and they say, oh, my nurse will go ahead and do that. Is that fair to you? I don't think so, because a nurse doesn't know what w the nuances of the aesthetics like a plastic surgeon does. A plastic surgeon is the only medical specialty that actually specializes in the creativity and the artistry of beauty. It's true. And you might talk about other fields that, that border on it, but it's the plastic surgeon that specializes in that, and we actually train in aesthetics. So what do we do when I do filler now? I look at you and assess in advance what we need to do. And most women over the age of about 50 have some wrinkles around the lips. So uh, the first thing I want to do is numb you up. Now, sounds obvious, right? But most plastic surgeons don't, and most nurses don't, and most uh, other dermatologists do not numb you up. They give you Emla cream, which is an anesthetic cream that you put on the surface of your skin, and that helps a little bit. But I numb you up like a, uh, like a dentist does. So there are four nerves inside the mouth. 
and I inject those with lidocaine. And it's a pretty simple, straightforward thing, but a lot of doctors don't know how to do this. It's called a nerve block. And if we're successful, you won't feel anything. And in 90% of women, I am successful in getting you good and numb. Sometimes the nerves come out in funny locations, and you don't get numb so easily. But we'll work on it, and, uh, and usually uh, it might take extra injections, but we'll usually get you numb. And then... I can go ahead and use my technique, which would kind of be uncomfortable if we didn't get you numb. Because I do three, four, five hundred, sometimes six hundred injections into your wrinkles. And you might cringe at the thought of that. You say, oh my God, why would we uh, undergo something like that? Why would I have injections, all those injections? Well, if I do that and use the micro droplet technique, that means little, little tiny injections. The, the amount that would sit on the head of a pin, I don't, get, I don't get those nodules that some people get. And I don't get lips that look like duck lips. I don't get uh, the funny, distorted appearance that so many women get when they get the uh, filler. There's a bunch of different secrets that I am divulging now, how I get really nice results with filler. And one of those is that we don't try and do everything in one treatment session. We try and put enough in to make a difference, but not so much as to distort your features. And it's much better to come back a month or so later and do it again, and maybe a month after that, and do it again, and work our way up so that your wrinkles are not distorted, your lips are not distorted, your face is not distorted. My goal with doing filler, just like I, I, my goal of any surgical procedure, is to make it look like you've never had that procedure. Someone comes up to you on the street and says, who did your filler? Well, that's not good, right? We don't want that at all. I want it to be virtually invisible and you look very, very natural. So again, I numb you up and then I start by filling the wrinkles around your lips. And I use different grades of filler. There's all different grades now, and that means different viscosities. That's your word for the day. You know, what's, what is viscosity? It's the thickness of a liquid. So water is very thin, right? It, it drains just like, it drips just like water, very thin. And maple syrup, thicker, honey, even thicker. And just like that, there are different grades of the Restylane, different grades of the Juvederm, and different grades of all, a lot of different brands of filler. And when your doctor says, I'm going to use Juvederm or, or Restylane, it doesn't really make a difference what brand, as long as the doctor knows the differences between the products that that brand has. So the average woman will have more than one filler, more than one in a session. And we'll start out with uh, filling those wrinkles around the lips, those lipstick bleed lines. And when we come, when we come back from our break, I'm going to tell you all the other things that I do to make you look as good as possible with wrinkle filler. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. The phone number here at WOR is 800-321-0710. We are broadcasting live from the Hamptons this evening. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. These last two years have aged us terribly, but masks are coming off and it's time to get back out there. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I smooth forehead wrinkles with Botox and creatively use fillers for wrinkles around the mouth. Filler also plumps shrunken lips, and filler smooths the jawline. It makes your chin and cheeks more prominent, and along with lasers and Ulthera, even improves upper chest lines and aging hands. And when it's time, 
I'm a surgeon. I perform short scar, face, and neck lifts to help restore your youthful appearance. My offices are in Manhattan on Park and 73rd and in Somerset, New Jersey. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Let's sit down and come up with a plan to get you looking and feeling better. Check me out at www.periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry broadcasting live this Labor Day weekend from the Hamptons where I'm actually looking right at the Atlantic Ocean. If you look really hard, you could see the Eiffel Tower from here just about, yeah, almost, if you look hard. If you have enough alcohol in your system, I suppose you probably can, but uh, we won't do that. All right, so I'm taking your phone calls tonight, 800-321-0710, but we were talking about wrinkle filler. You know, that's a bad way to describe it because only one of the indications is filling wrinkles. So once I fill those wrinkles around the mouth that so many of you get, and if you were a smoker, are a smoker, don't do it if you're still smoking. Uh, it's futile. It really is. It's one of the worst things you can do for your health and your appearance. But uh, let's assume you were a smoker and uh, you quit. You've got those smokers lines that can go out as much as a half an inch from your lips. They radiate from your lips like spokes of a wheel. I can fill those very effectively with wrinkle filler. But to what I really want to do is prevent more from occurring. And the way we do that is by putting a bead of filler along the lip margin. So it's called the vermilion border. That's the uh, the junction between the pink and the white of your lips, your upper and lower lips. And that goes away as you get older. If you have a 20-year-old daughter, sneak up to her, don't sneak up to her, and put your finger on her lip and feel that ridge as you come down from the nose to the lip. There will be a ridge. But if you're 60 or 65 or 70, do the same thing. You won't feel a ridge anymore because it flattens. And when that flattening occurs, it makes it much easier to get those those wrinkles, those radial wrinkles around your lips. So yes, I feel the wrinkles, but then we want to prevent more from occurring. And we give you a good border to your lip, not a comical border. It doesn't look like a fit. It doesn't look like a duck. Just a, a, a nice border so that you can define your lipstick and it decreases how fast those wrinkles develop in the future. So that's the second step. And then we recreate the Cupid's bow. Remember what that is? The Cupid's bow of your lip. Ah, oh boy, that, uh, that it looks like a Cupid's bow, but it goes away and it flattens as you get older. So if you're 70, you have a flat upper lip. You don't have a Cupid's bow anymore, right? You, you know, look in the mirror, not while you're driving. But that Cupid's bow gets restored with filler because it's, it's still there. It's just deflated. So we want to do that. And then from the peak of the Cupid's bow, look in the mirror, to the columella. What on earth are these terms? The columella is the piece of skin between your nostrils. So in Latin, right, it means little column, little column, the columella. So there was a ridge. If you've got that 25-year-old daughter, she's got the ridge between the Cupid's bow and the columella. There's two of them, and they create what's called the philtrum. That's P-H-I-L, philtrum. And uh, that is a very, very aesthetically nice and youthful feature that goes away as you get older. So when you look at someone 70, their upper lip, they've got a flat upper lip, so they don't have a Cupid's bow. They don't have those filtral ridges, do you? No, you don't. But I can put those back 
with filler very, very simply, very easily, and it makes a big difference. And then the question is, do we put some filler in your lip or not? And I have so many women over the age of 50 that say, oh, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want my lips made bigger. The goal is not to make them bigger. The goal is to restore your lips to what you looked like when you were 30. That is my aesthetic goal. Yeah, I mean, a lot of women do want their lips made bigger. But for the most part, that's younger women. Sorry, ladies, but uh, it's true, 20s. I did someone 18 last week. She wanted her lip bigger. She had a, a very skinny upper lip, so uh, made it bigger And in the 30s. But once you hit 50s or so, women are very, very hesitant to have their lips made bigger because they've lived with those lips all their life, and they're worried about getting filler put in their lips and making it look comical. Like so many of those women, you see the Oscars, you see uh, these uh, celebrities or, you know, housewives of New York or whatever that have the worst, the worst lips because they're overfilled. You know, I uh, I went to Soul Cycle the other day and, uh, you know, in the, in the Hamptons. And, uh, yeah, that's funny in itself, me going in Soul Cycle, but I am doing that now. And, uh, and I look... I'm sorry, I'm looking at all the cosmetic surgery out in the Hamptons, and wow, you know, I think they need to uh, attend my lecture on uh, that I give the residents at Columbia and at uh, Rutgers on fillers, fillers, and how to do it creatively, artistically, and uh, not make you look like a duck or some other uh, funny-looking animal. Well, if it's done right, you just look more beautiful. And so, yes, we fill the lips just a little bit, usually, because... The upper lip is supposed to pout out just a little bit, and that's called a convexity. Remember that from geometry? But as you get older, the lip tends to go in, and that's a concavity. So we want to put just the smallest amount of filler in the upper lip so that it's not going in, but rather going out. That doesn't mean we're making your lip larger, unless you want me to make it look uh, make it larger. For your lower lip, if you look very carefully in the mirror, and again, not while you're driving, if you're over 60, you'll see a horizontal line in your lower lip. Not, I'm not talking about the junction of the pink and the white, but there's a horizontal line that you get as you lose volume in your lower lip because the muscle in your lower lip stays pretty big. In fact, tends to get a little bigger as you get older. But the fat of your lower lip, it's one of those locations that try as you uh, will to maintain your weight. It has nothing to do with your weight. Uh, and you lose volume of your lower lip, and the muscle tends to kind of fold over, and you see a horizontal line that stretches from corner to corner, and it's not pretty. So we can fill that with just a little bit of wrinkle filler, a little bit of Restylane or one of those things, or Restylane Kiss or Juvederm. It's Bulbella that we put in your lip. There's all sorts of different fillers now. So we fill the lips. We fill the borders, and then I start looking around the lips. So the nasolabial fold, yeah, that's the next one. And, you know, 14-year-olds have nasolabial folds. And one of the mistakes that's made by some plastic surgeons, a lot of nurses, sorry, otolaryngologists, dermatologists, dentists that do filler, oh, my goodness, estheticians. I've seen all sorts of things. It's, uh, it's amazing to me. Uh, but one of the things that happens is an unartistic person will destroy the nasolabial fold. And I've seen women that have faces that are completely flat with no delineation between their upper lip and their cheek. That doesn't occur in nature. That's not right. And it should not be done by your doctor. So if you take a look at a 14-year-old, she has a nasolabial fold. But as you get older, it tends to deepen. 
Now, the nasolabial fold might have a fine wrinkle in it, and I look at it, the nasolabial fold sort of like uh, you know, the Grand Canyon. Those of you who have been to the Grand Canyon know there's this giant canyon, right? And that's the nasolabial fold. And way on the bottom of the canyon is the Colorado River. That is the wrinkle within the canyon. And so we fill those differently. So the Colorado River gets filled with a fine filler. And that deep fold, well, that gets filled with something more viscous, more thicker. So there's different grades of Restylane and different grades of, uh, of Juvederm that we use to fill the fold. But we don't want to obliterate the fold. I want to artistically leave the fold intact. And by the way, when I go higher up on the face than the fold, I use what's called a micro cannula. It's a safer technique because uh, there are some risks of, uh, of injecting filler. Not many, certainly not as much as surgery, but the rare risk of injecting it into a blood vessel and causing a blister or losing some skin, heaven forbid, or causing blindness, yeah, it can happen, or causing a stroke, that can happen also, my goodness. Uh, this is real. This is not an aesthetic procedure done, uh, that can be done by a nurse, in my opinion, or by an esthetician. This should be done by your surgeon. Now, those complications are very rare. Uh, in the literature, there's probably not more than 100 or 200, and there's millions and millions and millions of people each year in the United States alone. In fact, uh, something like 1.8 million last year. And around the, uh, the world, millions and millions with very few side effects. So that's the good news. But it has to be done correctly. Uh, the big side effect, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is looking bad. And you know what? Here's a pet peeve of mine also with filler. So if your doctor injects too much, sometimes they might inject a, an enzyme that, the, that destroys the filler. So they'll say, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's inject some of that hyaluronidase. And you say, sure, well, let's erase it. And then I've had people come to me and they say, uh, it, it looks bad. He put too much in or she put too much in. Can you inject that, that uh, hyaluronidase? And the answer is you can, but it's not a good idea. In my opinion, not a good idea to have that injected unless it's a disaster like blindness or something like that. We don't want to uh, casually inject that because of the rare but serious risk of an anaphylactic reaction to the, uh, the enzyme. Isn't that something? And then you make a bad situation worse. Almost always we can massage away lumps that are caused by the hyaluronic acid or even if too much was put in, almost always it can be massaged away. And the worst case scenario is you simply wait it out and that filler goes away anywhere from nine, to, nine months to a year and a half. So wait it out. That's my recommendation is don't have that, that hyaluronidase injected. But anyway, we, we were talking about the nasolabial fold. Then comes the marionette line, and that's very different from the nasolabial fold. Those of you who have marionette lines, they're very distressing, aren't they? They really are, because while I told you that 14-year-olds have the nasolabial fold, only people who are over, let's say, 55 or so get marionette lines. They are very distressing because they are a sign of aging. So the marionette line is something that I want to vigorously attack with filler, and sometimes there's a fine wrinkle in it, and sometimes it's a deep fold. But we'll want to be pretty aggressive, and sometimes uh, there are horizontal lines that cross those marionette lines. Remember, the marionette, uh, marionette line goes from the, uh, the corner of the mouth to the bottom of the chin. Remember Howdy Doody? 
Noah remembers Howdy Doody from a long, long, long time ago. He was a marionette, and that's where the uh, the terminology comes because when the jaw goes up and down in a marionette, there's a line that's formed. So uh, you don't want those marionette lines. No, you don't. So if you're over 50, you'll also have jowls. And one of the nice things about filler is I can minimize the appearance of jowls. Yeah, by, uh, by injecting along the jawline, sometimes to the inside, that's called the medial part of the jowl, or to the outside, towards the ear, that's called the lateral part of the jawline. And we'll try and smooth out that jawline because one of the hallmarks of aging is getting a jowl. So when those carnival guys would guess people's age, they would they know almost to the year that the jowl begins to appear in men and women. And that's how the uh, that's one of the hallmarks of aging. So we'll fool those carnival people, those age guessers, by filling in front and behind the jowl with a thicker filler material. And that is a really nice thing to do. And it tends to last a long time. So that doesn't go away in 9 to 12 months. Usually that goes away in uh, maybe a year and a half or so. And you might say, well, why don't we use filler that's made of silicone or plastic? Why don't we use those materials? So when we come back from our break, I'm going to tell you why I don't use, and there is one out there called Bellafill, and that's made of plastic. I'm going to tell you after we, 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 <laughs> we return from the break, I'll tell you all about the problems with permanent filler. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR on this Labor Day weekend. Give me a call. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years i want everyone to try my products so for a limited time i'm giving wor listeners 20 percent off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844 Perry. use the wor21 code for the discount to learn more listen every saturday evening at 6 p.m right here on W-O-R. These last two years have aged us terribly, but masks are coming off and it's time to get back out there. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I smooth forehead wrinkles with Botox and creatively use fillers for wrinkles around the mouth. Filler also plumps shrunken lips, and filler smooths the jawline. It makes your chin and cheeks more prominent, and along with lasers and Ulthera, even improves upper chest lines and aging hands. And when it's time... I'm a surgeon. I perform short scar, face, and neck lifts to help restore your youthful appearance. My offices are in Manhattan on Park and 73rd and in Somerset, New Jersey. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Let's sit down and come up with a plan to get you looking and feeling better. Check me out at www.perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? 
What is your wrinkle? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, host of this show for a long, long time, 17 long years, actually short years. I love doing this show. It's, uh, it's you know, a lot of people, they play golf. I do this for fun, you know, and uh, every Saturday evening I'm here to answer your phone calls and to educate and to uh, hopefully entertain just a little bit. I know Noah's entertained by me. He, uh, It's the high point of his week. Yes, right, Noah? Yeah, sure it is. All right, so 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We were talking about wrinkle filler, which is not really a great name. It's actually soft tissue filler. So why don't I use the permanent stuff? How's that? Uh, you know, silicone, which technically it's illegal to inject silicone because uh, it's an implant. An implant has to be approved by the FDA. It's not like a drug. So if a drug is approved by the FDA, I can use it for any use. It's called off-label. Uh, but not so with an implant. An implant has to be uh, used for the correct, uh, a correct reason that the FDA approved it. So technically, a filler is an implant. It's not a drug. And that's why it is technically illegal to inject silicone because there's only one approved indication for injecting liquid silicone, and that is an ophthalmology indication for uh, something with the retina, retinal detachments, uh, but not so with wrinkles. But there is one that is methyl methacrylate. That's the stuff in crazy glue in a collagen base, and it's called Bellafil. And I don't use that filler because I don't want to inject collagen, for one thing, as I mentioned before. And I also don't want to inject methyl methacrylate. I like crazy glue, uh, but not for uh, injections. You know, I like uh, putting pieces of glass and things together that we break around the house. But, but methyl methacrylate, I don't think so. The problem is it is FDA approved, but the problem with it is uh, it's permanent. And you say, well, that's good, right? It fills wrinkles. It fills scars and things like that permanently. Yeah, but if you have a problem with it, if you have a problem with it, that problem is permanent because... There's a basic principle in plastic surgery that I was taught at the University of Chicago 30-something years ago by my mentor, Dr. Thomas Krizik, one of the great plastic surgeons of all time. And, uh, and one of those tenets of plastic surgery is that if something is put in the body, it must either dissolve or be retrievable. I've got to be able to get it. So if it doesn't dissolve and, and go away eventually, I should be able to take it out. Now, wrinkle filler that is permanent, that is methyl methacrylate, neither dissolves nor is removable. And I'll never forget one of my, uh, one of my uh, very interesting cases as a resident at the University of Chicago. We had a woman who had silicone injected into acne scars of her face. And she wound up getting an infection in her body, and it spread to her face around the silicone. And she wound up having a chronic infection with uh, draining areas. It was really terrible. Red draining areas. was on antibiotics for months. Could not control the infection. We wound up having to remove half of her face, the skin of her face. And we did a microsurgical free tissue transfer, a free flap. Oh, very, very complicated. Way back in the 80s uh, to resurface her face. It was that bad. And I'll never forget that. It made a lasting impression on me. So we don't want to use something that we can't take out. So if you get a lump from, uh, from something, some plastic that's injected into your face, that lump is forever. You just can't get rid of it. So there's probably a, a correct time for filler uh, that, that it goes away. And you know, maybe one year is a little bit on the short side, but uh, maybe two years is about right. There are wrinkle fillers that almost stay in about two years and then go away. And, uh, and you know, it's better than having a permanent filler 
yeah, it's more expense to you because you have to go back and have it done every year or two, uh, but it's safer for you. And we really want cosmetic surgery and procedures that we do to be safe. All right, I'm board certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and today we're talking about fillers. And I will get to the male cosmetic surgery, but there's a couple more points I want to make about the fillers. And it's not just wrinkle fillers, it's not just lip fillers. Uh, but these dermal fillers, these uh, soft tissue fillers, can also be used to make your chin bigger. So uh, I can actually do an augmentation of your chin with one of those fillers that I would want to last longer. Uh, and, and there are some. Voluma is one of those that lasts almost two years. And there's something called radius. And one of the spots that I will use radius, which is not hyaluronic acid at all, but calcium hydroxyl apatite. It's one of the building blocks of bone. And that is a really good filler if you have a small chin because I'll put it in and if it contacts bone, it actually becomes bone. So it's not plastic or anything like that, but it actually gets populated by the cells of bone and we can put it on the chin and there can be some permanence to it, but it's not the same way. It's not that the filler has lasted that long, but rather we've stimulated the formation of bones. So on the cheekbones or on the chin, we can use these different fillers. I can use fillers to make your earlobes bigger because one of the things that happens as you get older, this is a, an interesting thing, your earlobes begin to get smaller and get wrinkled and your earrings tend to kind of turn and they're no longer facing out the way they should and you spend all this money on these beautiful diamond uh, earrings and they're not visible because you've got all these little creases in your earlobes. Well, I can use uh, filler and in just a few minutes plump up those earlobes to make them look like they did when you were younger. And one of the interesting things I can use filler for also are the lines of the neck, you know, those horizontal lines that even if you have a facelift, and I love doing facelifts, and it helps the bands of the neck, you know, the bands, the Katherine Hepburn bands, but it doesn't help those horizontal lines, you know, those wrinkles that you have two or three that go clear across your neck. So using hyaluronic acid filler, that will help those. And those of you who spend a lot of time on the beach, like the, the Hamptons that I'm at right now, and sit in the sun forever and you get those lines between your breasts there's a straight one right in the middle and then they go diagonally on either side of the midline those are really tough to deal with but filler wrinkle filler like Restylane or Juvederm along with Althera Althera first so we treat that with Althera we generate some collagen your own collagen not foreign collagen with Althera and then we fill those wrinkles with with wrinkle filler like uh, Restylane or Juvederm and boy I'll tell you it does a great job and they go away for a couple of years so and if you're in the sun all the time of course you should be using my sunscreen uh, Dr. Perry's daytime a, a shameless plug for the sunscreen SPF 20 uh, yeah you should every single day even now by the way but uh, but if you have those wrinkles the filler and Althera are great non-invasive ways to treat those so uh, yeah the filler is so versatile, we use it even for cellulite, by the way. If you've got a, just a little bit of cellulite, I can fill those. And what we do there is dilute the, uh, the filler, dilute the radius just a little bit, and inject it into the, uh, the little depressions of your buttocks or your thighs. That's not the Brazilian butt lift that I rail about. 
that is just filling some of those deeper, uh, deeper little marks that you might uh, be embarrassed about in the bathing suit that comes up on your buttocks. All right, so there's lots of different things we can do with filler. Oh, I forgot to mention we can rejuvenate the hands, the back of the hands with radius. That's also very good. Uh, those of you who are in your 60s and 70s and you look at the back of your hands and your face looks nice and, and smooth after my various procedures with fillers and, and lasers and facelifts, but you look at your hands and they give away your age. But yes, we can rejuvenate your hands with uh, filler that goes along the tendons and along the, the, uh, the uh, veins. I did have a woman only 25 years old last week. She asked me, I want to get this terrible-looking vein in my arm removed. No, 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 you don't want to do that. I've talked about that. You really don't want to remove veins in your arms. We can, we can hide them a bit with filler, but don't have those removed. Someday you're going to be in the intensive care unit, and the, uh, the intern will be swearing that he can't get an IV in you because you've obliterated all those veins. Not a smart thing. All right, let's talk for a few minutes the rest of the show about surgery in men. It's uh, you know certainly not nearly as common in women as in women. Uh, for instance, let's say uh, 82,000 women had facelifts. Uh, you know, 82,000 last year. 5,000 men had facelifts. That's it. That's it. So, you know, it sounds, uh, you know, our National Society likes to say that men are having a lot of cosmetic surgery, but uh, 5,000 men across the whole United States had facelifts. That's not a lot. So why don't men have facelifts? Eh, some, for the most part, you know, it's a societal thing. They're not as interested in having a facelift as women are. But there's other reasons also. Men can't hide scars as well as women. They don't wear makeup. They just don't. They don't know how to. They don't want to. Uh, they think it's uh, something that men should not be doing, and that's tough, especially if you have short hair like most men have. Then you have scars. Women who have facelifts can hide the scars as early as uh, two weeks with makeup. You can put uh, makeup right over those scars, and most women have hair that can be uh, pushed forward just a little bit to hide the scars while they're visible. The average time that a scar is visible for a facelift is about three months, and I hope that uh, most of you who have had facelifts don't have to hide your scars. Most of my patients, every now and then there's someone that has to continually hide her scars. But for the most part, by three months, you don't need makeup on your scars. And I show pictures in my office. But men, you know, during that period, you know, it's tough. It's tough. And also, when we lift skin on a face and a facelift in a man, it brings hair-bearing skin into the ear. And those of you who have a lot of hair in your ears, it's already a pain in the neck, no pun intended. And it's even worse if you bring beard hair into your ear. So that's another reason why not. If your hair is black, you can have some laser hair removal. But most men that have facelifts already have gray hair or even white hair. So, you know, it's a tough problem. So what do we do for men? Liposuction of the neck is a reasonable idea for men. It's not going to tighten the skin, but it can rejuvenate the, uh, the neck by removing some of the fat in the neck, and we can do the platysmoplasty. That's a tightening of the bands of the neck, a band lift of the neck. So that's reasonable for a man. And some of those procedures like Althera, those are also appropriate for men. So those are better procedures. I don't inject Kybella into necks in men. In fact, there was one study that showed one-third of men lost hair, beard hair, from Kybella, not so good, not so good at all, because uh, you might not want that hair anymore, but you sure don't want a spotty appearance of, uh, of your neck 
you know, it looks really funny if some of the hairs are gone and some are not. So uh, I don't do Kybella. I don't do it in anyone. Uh, it's not a, a procedure that I do for other reasons. Uh, but, uh, but certainly we don't want to do that in men because if you lose your beard, it's going to be a very funny result. So liposuction, yes. A platysmoplasty, yes. We can't laser the neck, but we can do Ulthera of the neck. Well, the uh, hour is already gone, you know, and... Uh, course the calls begin to come in at the end of the show you gotta call at six o'clock i'm board certified plastic surgeon dr arthur perry the website is perryplasticsurgery.com i've got a facebook page where you can uh, look at the turkey i actually put a turkey on instagram and facebook in uh, the front yard in uh, the hamptons here uh a turkey looked like it needed a facelift so you can check out my uh, facebook page and if you're interested in the products that we talk about the soft time moisturizer the daytime skin protector the uh, the nighttime which is a facial rejuvenating cream it really is quite good or the clean time soap check out drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com and remember i've got an office in manhattan now 73rd and park you can uh, make an appointment to see me we can do consultations fillers botox even minor procedures in the office. Noah, thanks so much for great engineering. We'll be back next week. Hopefully I'll have my co-host again next week. All right, Noah, have a great one, everybody. Be safe this Labor Day weekend. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.